Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spring Fever. As always, is me, XFL Jim, joined by the one, the only, the incomparable. It is Eric. It is Uncle Rico. What is up, my man? Nothing much, dude. What's going on, my brother? Just getting ready to watch some XFL. Three days of XFL this week. We're skipping Friday. We got a game Thursday, two games Saturday, and a game Sunday. They kind of like rolling that one out on us. So... This episode of Spring Fever, we will be talking a little bit about Week 4 of the XFL, giving you our picks for Week 5 of the XFL, of course, and then kind of like speculating on the USFL and the XFL and just kind of getting a little philosophical with it. So let's start off, not XFL, let's talk USFL. They got their coaching staffs solid. They're there. They're set. Which means, also, training camps begin, literally, Eric, tomorrow. The 16th. All players have to report by the 16th. We're going to get training camps. We're going to get rosters. I want them to kind of make it easy to find. I would love for stuff to be easy to find. I would absolutely love. Um, interested to see Martinez. Interested to see uh, Bo Scarborough come back. Alex Collins is with the showboat. He should be pretty entertaining to watch. Um, we'll be able to do like a deep dive and kind of go team by team once these are all finalized this week. It's because you look up on Fox or whatever, they still have a lot of information from 2022. Um, Ruben Foster coming back for my Maulers, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really, it's going to be. It's going to be a good time. We're going to get double spring football. You know, I'm interested to see. I've always I've always liked uh, DiFilippo. I think he's going to do a good job with the breakers. Um, interested to see how the gamblers look now with uh, Curtis Johnson there at at the helm. I think Mike Nolan is a good guy for the Panthers replacing Jeff Fisher. And, uh, you know, Mahler's got to be What do you think about Ray Horton getting with the Maulers? Dude, I love it, dude. I love it. Compared to what they have last year, that's huge. Basically, anything's improvement from last year for the Maulers. Uh, so, Skip Holtz has said recently, like, last year coaching in the USFL, was, like, he said it was the most fun he's ever had coaching. Really? Maybe that's just because he was actually winning for a change. But I I bet spring football leagues are fun to coach in. I you kind of know the vibe. You know the vibe. You know what's going on. Um Travel isn't as bad. Um, season's a little shorter. I think I think it's good. I think it's it's a good little vibe, if you will. Now we just need to get rid of Todd Haley. <laughs> yeah, he needs to go. He needs to go fast. I, I want to root for the showboat so bad. But I just can't bring myself. I'm Watching not. Todd Haley get mad is way better than a showboat's win. You're a Todd Haley hater. Very much so. He's I. I don't know if I hate him, but he's like, he's a very fun person to watch get angry. You know. Why are you being a dick, dude? Like, Fuck Todd Haley. That's why. Uh so I don't know. I I'm feeling. I I might be feeling the stars again. I just can't get off the Bart Andrus hype. You just wish you knew how to quit the stars? 
No, I don't wish I knew because they got Case Cookus back. He's back from that leg injury? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Dude, that was awful, dude. He's playing. He's not going to be the same, man. That's going to take a little while, brother. I don't know, man. It's weird that it feels like simultaneously it's been over a year, but it hasn't even been a year. <laughs> since so it happened. Shit. Dude, that's like really deep, bro. Hey, the USFL gets me feeling deep. That's like really, that's like deep. That's like some deep high level shit, dude. It's philosophical. We get philosophical talking here. Let's get philosophical talking a little bit about week four of XFL action. Going right through these games real quick. Uh, Roughnecks 44, Guardian 16. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we were thinking. Embarrassment. Like, you have Garcia there, who's owns it with the Rock, and that's the product you put out. You have coaches fighting on the sidelines. I have no idea why they insist on running out Paxton Lynch. Um, but the issue is, like, sometimes he doesn't even look bad. Like, he's not been looking awful, awful. But the issue with the Guardians, from what I see, is they just can't finish drives to save their life. You look at the box score of this game, they're very comparable to the Roughnecks. It's weird. They're just, just not in my man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm standing by it. He's the anti-Jimmy G. Paxton Lynch could look like prime Tom Brady and still lose 16-44 to to the Roughnecks. Uh, He's a born loser. Also, if you're going to play Paxton Lynch, don't, like, bounce the quarterbacks multiple times in the game. Like, they put in Francois, pulled him again. I hate that. You gotta let the you gotta let the guy have the rhythm. You gotta let him cook, man. You gotta let you gotta, you gotta let the big guy cook, man. Yeah, if you're gonna switch, if you're gonna insist on switching this quarterback, switch him by the game. Like you could have I, Paxton Lynch week one, Francois week two, and then give him four weeks to feel it out. But switching mid game's stupid. Mitch and sweet. <laughs> mid game is stupid unless it's like, how can I word this? You know, Unless it's like a system. Like, yeah, like a system. Like when you get down, you know, you want to run the ball. You want to run some R- some RPO. That's fine. I get that. Well, it's like, like DC does it. They run yeah. King and Tamu. But yeah. it's part of the system. They're both going to get equal. Like they're both going to get decent amount of play. They're not just throwing in. Like if Tamu's cold, they're not just going to throw King in. And then if he gets cold, yeah. pull him and put Tamu back in. And I think that just shows lack of experience coaching. but That shows lack of common sense as well, too. Also, another guy that I love seeing upset, Terrell Buckley might, he might die from, like, if they don't win a game. Are you a, tel- a TV hater? No, no, I like Terrell Buckley, and I'm rooting for him. But it's exciting to watch a man go through what he's going through. You, you, love, you love the suffering. Yeah, it's similar. Like, I love Rod Woodson, and we'll get to the Vipers later. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's, you're watching a man battle. Not just, not just on the football field, but with life. Shout out Joe Dwanick in chat. Loves me. Game number two. Um, oh, yeah, I, a little bit more. Well, when your offensive coordinator. 
is like, I don't mean to be age discriminate, but dude, I don't like their OC. He's going to, he, I, he, I bet he doesn't finish the season. I'm surprised they haven't fired him yet. I was surprised Vegas fire was the first one to fire their OC. Yeah, that was a little shocking to me. Didn't see that one coming. But, I mean, I'd, I'd say it worked out a little bit. Game number two, San Antonio Paramas 6, Seattle Sea Dragons 15. I think we're right about Jack Cohn. Yeah, unfortunately. Which sucks, because I really like this Brahmas, like staff and team. What? What's their ceiling with, with Jackie Boy? Uh, Playoffs. That's it? Yeah, because they'd probably play the Roughnecks, and I don't see him being any way competitive against the Roughnecks with Jack Cohn. Yeah, that's true. But the South, like, they could beat any other team in the South, because the South is them, Houston, Arlington, and Orlando. Okay. It hurts. It hurts the fact that they already lost uh, Arlington once. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they're done. I don't think they're done at all. I think the South is very gettable. I think they have like a free win with the Guardians. I think they I think Arlington's not getting any better. If anything, they're getting worse. I I think there's still in a decent standing. Seattle, on the other hand, as entertaining as much as I love Seattle, they're in a much tougher position having DC and St. Louis both on their side. They're, excuse me, they're playing catch-up. I mean, that's that's a real uphill battle to uh, to catch those guys. I mean, and they, right now, it's easy because they have the roughnecks at home this week. It's gonna yeah, that's it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be interesting for that. So, like, if you look at the standings for each division, Brahmas are one and three, Renegades are two and two. It doesn't take a lot for that to flip. No. The Sea Dragons are close to the Battlehawks, but defenders at 4-0 are kind of... Defenders and Roughnecks are kind of basically locking themselves in to a playoff spot already. Um, Yeah, I mean, unless, like, the wheels fell off. Yeah, the wheels absolutely fell off for both of them. There's a potential that they would miss, but I don't see it happening. Uh, I just... Seattle, to me, is maybe the most entertaining team to watch. Not just because their offense is super fun and they always go for three, but also because you know you're going to see the dumbest interception you've ever seen once a week from Ben DiNucci. Like, he's good for one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen every week. Just out there slinging. He's slinging it, dude. Brett Favre DiNucci. I'll say it. Brett Favre DiNucci. Brett Favre DiNucci. Uh, this is also a big defensive battle, which makes me more confident in the Brahmas going forward because that defense is good. The defense is real good. Defense is really good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but it comes back to that quarterback position. Though. I don't. Who do they have behind Jack Cohn? Uh, I like. I don't. They got Juwan Pass. And they got Reed Sinnott. Yeah. I don't know. Trot Reed Sinnott out there. Who cares? Give it a shot. Trot something out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. You Trot something, something out there. 
Game number three, Arlington Renegades, 11. St. Louis Battlehawks, 24. 38,000 fans at the Battle Dome. Dude, electric stadium. I mean, that place that is absolutely electric. And the smartest thing that XFL can do is always have them when they're home in the showcase game. So that way you can see how many fans are in the stands. That way... I think you... I think you either put them or San Antonio as much as you can oh, yeah, in the showcase. Yeah. Yeah. San Antonio will, like, they have only had the one home game. They're playing at home this week. They'll probably have mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the move. And D.C.'s fun, but D.C. you're only getting around, like, 16,000, 17,000 people, which is good. Those are good crowds. But St. Louis, like, they might, they might sell out every game. Oh, they easily will, dude. People in that that area love love them some football, dude. They absolutely love them some football. I'm trying to look at Battlehawks tickets right now, man. See how much money they are. Ooh, analyze and educate in the chat. They think they break forty k this week. Wow. Well, it's it's the narrative. You already had the first week sellout, and now it's a rematch for the top two teams in the North Division. I see. Section, I can see it happening. Section three hundred three, row F. Thirty nine bucks for a ticket. That ain't bad. Section three hundred three. I don't know what section is that. The, that's the top level, right? Yeah. How much are the? How much are like the lower level seats? I bet they're all sold out. No, I'm looking at Ticketmaster right now. How much are the lower um, levels? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing some for 36, it looks like. That's not bad. Uncle Rico going to drive on down to St. Louis? Oh, uh, no, that's negative, dude. <laughs> I I think St. Louis also, just on the field-wise, they're kind of improving. They were a little bit more consistent in this one. Uh, the Renegades would be a top-two team in the league if they had any semblance of offense. Specifically, an offensive line. That was my takeaway from this week. Ah, uh, it's hard to argue with you at that point because their defense is good enough to keep them in almost every game. Mm-hmm. But when Kyle Slaughter's going out there throwing three picks and you're getting no rushing yards from anybody, you got to be able to move the ball on the ground. You have. They to. can't. They just. They just can't. That you offensive line is so bad. Just got off. It's, I, but they still, they're still in like a decent position to make the playoffs. It's because you have the best defensive coordinator in the world, in the league. There, you know what I mean. Wait, Hayes. Oh no, I thought you were talking about the Roughnecks. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking I'm about the Renegades. Oh God, they're done, dude. They're, uh, they're still alive for the playoffs. Dude, I'm telling you right now, dude. I make these bold predictions. But you me. just said the Brahmas were done. I think they're both done. I think everyone's they, done. Give it to the so Roughnecks. So just Roughnecks, Guardians. Guardians make a push. Guardians are making a push, dude. 
Analyze, educate. Renegades are sad. Slaughter's regressing terribly. The wide receivers had seven drops. Um, I think Slaughter is regressing a bit, but I just think it's more of a... You look at the weapons he had in New Orleans for uh, in the USFL, and you look at the difference in offensive line play that the Breakers had versus the Renegades, it helped him out so much. Oh, yeah. And I've always said this about Kyle Sloter. The man has never seen a pass he doesn't think he can complete. He'll throw it into, like, triple coverage. Confidence is never an issue. No. Sometimes ability is, but confidence is never the issue with Kyle Sloter. Last game of the weekend of Week 4, we had the Vegas Vipers taking on the D.C. Defenders with the Defenders winning 32-18. to I think the score is a little misleading. This game was close throughout. And I think a couple key moments really screwed the Vipers. Okay. Curious. You didn't catch I, this I'm one? Not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. I did not catch this game. Eric's, Eric is like fully engrossed in college basketball. This is my time. Also, you need to remember, and I'm going to tell everyone right now, do never, never, ever, 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 ever eat the chicken fingers at the United Center. Also, yeah, he was pretty sick this weekend. It was a rough weekend. For the kid over here, dude. It was a... To, just to show you how rough it was, we were supposed to go back on Friday. None of us could, like, leave. Jesus, it was that bad? Dude, it was bad, dude. Ugh. So this is about the worst way you could start a game. Brett Hundley played. First snap, fumble. DC returns it basically to this five-yard line. Obviously, they okay. score right after that. Okay. Vegas... Then Hundley's in for, like, a couple, like, a drive, one more drive or, like, a couple plays. It's obvious he's hurt. They take him out. Uh-huh. Luis Perez plays the rest of the game. Perez looks pretty good throughout the game. Has a back-breaking interception at the end, but still, for the most part, looks really good. We're, at ha- we're coming into, like, the close of the first half. This is the first egregious uh, call against Vegas. Right now, we're sitting at 6-14. Th- at, at, uh, to 14. One score game. Yeah. Uh, about, it's like a fourth, it's like a third and six, third and seven. About, I don't know, 10, like 14 seconds left on the clock. Perez scrambles. Scrambles. Reaches out. They call it a touchdown. I saw that. End of the half. End of the half. And then they overrule it and then take. 10 seconds off the clock. They don't get to run another play. Woodson was irate. He was so pissed. Yeah. And I don't think DC even had one penalty called against them until the late third quarter. Yep. Yep. The other back-breaking thing for Vegas, Vegas is marching down the field in the third quarter. Potential close time to, like, to tie it up. Um... Third down, obvious P.I. against D.C., not called. And then on the broadcast, so like, Rod, you could you could challenge that in the XFL. So Rod Woodson, he could have thrown a challenge flag, challenged it as P.I. He didn't. He elected to, keep, to hold that. And then Dean Blandino on the broadcast was like, yeah, if he challenged that, we would have called that P.I. He was so mad. Rod Woodson was yeah. so mad during this game. And I don't blame him, really. 
he looked like he was ready to break some heads. DC continues their streak. They are still undefeated at home. And they're really good at home. And I don't Tom played great. Can you even complete a, so a touchdown pass? DC is looking insanely tough. I think it's it's like the Roughnecks in DC and then everybody else. I think I think it's if you go by tiers, it's DC Houston, and you got St. Louis Seattle, and then it's like San Antonio, and then it's like Vegas. I probably put San Antonio, Vegas, Arlington, and Orlando kind of all together, and then Orlando just at the bottom, like the very bottom of that pile. Just all the way down at the very end. Yeah, they're real bad. They're real bad. I mean, there's going to be a total facelift to that organization. I mean, what's going on there, Garcia and Johnson cannot be happy about. It's very funny. At least with the other teams, at least with the other teams, you're able to see some shit. Excuse my language. This team, like, you got a guy who's allegedly giving the plays and the calls to another Not anymore. He's gone. I know, but, dude, that's not going to happen unless there's something there. Number two, (laughs) you just look like just ill-prepared coaches fighting on the sidelines. It's not good. Not good, dude. Oh, I love it. It's hilarious to me. I eat this shit up, Eric. Eat it up, my friend. You hate it because you're a coach at heart. I know. I I am a coach at heart. But now it is time to look towards the future. We put the past in the rear view. Let's look to the future. Week five. Let's get some lines out there. We start out Thursday night. So what do you think? So this this will be an interesting week because this is now the XFL will be going up against March Madness. So Thursday night. So Thursday night they play at I believe nine thirty year in my time. Um seven thirty Pacific. Roughnecks minus three and a half over engulfed. You trying to see what games are on? What what basketball games will be on at that time? I'm gonna be engulfed in basketball, dude. What games are happening at that time? The late night games tomorrow. Let me look, my friend. Okay. I'm going to be knee deep in basketball. I'll let the line out real quick while you're doing that. Rubnecks minus three and a half over under 42 and a half. The late night games are Penn State, Texas A&M, USC Asheville. What, what time does it? What time does it start? Um, it starts at 8:55 our time and 9:05 our time. So basically, right when this gets, so you'll be able to catch the second half, or like the fourth quarter. Because mm-hmm. this game doesn't start till nine thirty our time. I'm gonna probably watch basketball and go to bed, dude. I'll be uh, so. That's because you're just not built. You're not built the same, Eric. You're not built for the spring football life like I am. You know what, dude? This is how can I word this poetically? No, this is this is your busiest best time of the year. Yeah, this is this is when I thrive, man. This is when I'm yeah. just grinding. You know what? Maybe I, I'm a little bit intrigued by the Battlehawks defenders. Maybe I'll be able to sneak a little bit of that action in. That's a two p.m. on Saturday, but 
Do you still are you still you're not going to bet any of it, are you? Are you going to bet it still? I I'm going to take the I'll probably be on the Battle Hawks in the Revenge spot. No, I'm saying okay. So for game number one, Roughnecks minus three and a half over under forty two and a half. Do you have anything in this game? No, I would no. I took the Roughnecks minus three when it when it really? first opened. Yeah. Dude, okay. the the Sea Dragons have not been a good covering team. And I took the over. I took the over when it was 41. Creeped up to 42 and a half. I could see that. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Um, I think if there's any offense that could do decently against the Roughnecks, it would be Seattle. Because Dianucci has seen NFL quality schemes, and that's what the Roughnecks are running. I know these other teams. I know I know you hate this term feeder league, but this is a feeder league. Um, I'm going to have to censor that in the audio version. Please, but, uh, please refrain from using the F slur. I'm just, I'm just gonna say this. It's still better than the S slur. I hear people use that, and I want to punch them in the throat. Rough, roughnecks are gonna lose. Is this the game? They're not gonna go undefeated. No, because I think it'll be a game that no one sees coming. It's similar, similar to the uh, the Stallions. I think the Roughnecks lose. Maybe I. Very easily, they could lose Week Six at DC. Yeah, that's true. That's a big one. Uh, they could lose when against St. Louis. They could lose this one. It's very, very possible. I think the funniest one would be Week Nine. They host the Vipers. That would be fun. Oh my God! If they lost to the Vipers, that would be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. If they're like undefeated going into week nine, lose to the Vipers. That'd be awesome. That, I think that'd be hilarious, dude. I think that'd be absolutely hilarious. My main play in the game is still that I like the over 42 and a half more than anything else. Game number two, the Saturday doubleheader, DC defenders going to St. Louis for the rematch. Defenders are minus one and a half on the road over under 42 and a half. I mean, you got to like the Battlehawks here. I understand DC is playing lights out, but they've been playing at home. That game against the Battlehawks was pretty tight, and the wheels started falling off a little bit in the second half. There was a little fight toward the end. Battlehawks are going to be pretty well, what's the word I'm looking for, fired up? They're going to be motivated. They're going to be motivated. I know DC has been looking lights out, but I don't think DC should be laying points at the loudest place to play. I'll take the Battlehawks. You know what? I'll probably just play them on the money line. I, that's what I did. I, I just took the Battle Hawks money line. I I I'm gonna lean also towards the over here. I love DC's defense, but like I don't know. I don't like St. Louis's defense that much. They seem they do a really good job of keying into De'Aaron King, but I think this can get pointsy, and I think it gets chippy. I think I think it gets chippy again. You might see a couple brawls, couple more suspensions maybe. Dude, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I would. I would. I, I, I'm a sucker for that shit. Game number three, the Saturday nightcap. 9 p.m., Orlando Guardians, Vegas Vipers. Vipers minus 7.5, over under 42. Eric will be watching. I don't know what basketball game's happening right then. <laughs> Sweet 16, baby. Sweet 16. Saturday Sweet 16? Saturday. No, Saturday uh, round of 32, excuse me. That's what, okay, round of 32, What I wonder what the 9 o'clock game will be. 
Hey, buddy. Uh, former XFL great PJ Walker just signed with the Chicago Bears. I think that's a good move for the Bears. He's a, he's a, I think I mean he's a good backup. He's a he's a great backup. Um. So here's my thing with the Vipers. Like I just seven and a half seems insane, right? Seven and a half seems insane, but I with what you've seen from the Guardians, like can you? Can you lay it? Like I'm going, I'm flashing back, and this is this is the only analogy I can come up with. Two years ago, when the Giants were so bad with Joe Judge, and they're getting these op, these crazy ass long odds. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Louisville basketball this year. Yeah, exactly, Louisville basketball. Like they're tempting you to bet something, and it's like you have to remember bookies aren't your friends. You know what I mean? No. Oh, hey, buddy, here you go. Like, they're not your friends. So I would definitely, if I were to bet this game, I'm not going to. I would take the Guardians. But if, it's so hard just with the lack of organization and everything to back a team when you that you see out there. This is this is my final straw for the Guardians. I did take the Guardians plus seven and a half. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, one, fool me twice, shame on you. Uh, so if the Guardians do not cover this spread, I will be done with them for the rest of the year, which means after this, if they don't cover this week, they will be covering the rest of the, of the season. Because once I'm done with the team, then they start going lights out. Which is brutal, because I've already made the promise not to bet them. But I like the under 42. I like that as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I the Guardians struggle to score. They do. the The red zone struggles are real, and I actually don't mind the Guardians' defense, for the most part. Guardians' defense is playing good, but you're at a point though, like when you're at defense and you're playing and playing and playing, and all that shit starts happening. Yeah, but Vegas' you know, defense isn't that great. The I'm offense- not saying they're great, but I'm just saying, like, when you're a defense and you see your offense constantly making idiotic mistakes, you get to the, the point motive. Where you're just like, yeah. Your motivation is like, eh, fuck. You know what I mean? Fuck it. But for these guys, the motivation is still there because, like you said, you use the F slur. They're trying to get good tape of themselves out there. Yeah. They're still trying to show off. That's true. That's true. The lone Sunday yeah. game. Arlington Sunday Renegades. Sunday at uh, 8 p.m. Brahmas minus three against the Renegades. Over under 35 and a half. Yes. I'm going to be honest, Eric. I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to watch this one uh, and just watching basketball instead. Anytime I have to watch the Arlington Renegades offense, I want to stab my eyes. Who thought a Bob Stoops-led team would have the worst offensive line in the league, maybe? I mean, and we thought it was going to be good. We thought we, this I thought it was going to be really good. And it's looking brutal. Um, offense is struggling, obviously, because of it. They can't run the ball. Um, Brahma's, on the other hand, have Jack Cohn. Can you really trust him? I do like their running game. Are they going to be able to run on the Renegades? That's the question. Let's Over, see. under, five and a half total interceptions between both quarterbacks. <laughs> oh. I, I would take the juice <clears throat> over five and a half. I like it. Juice that up. Juice, 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 baby. I think I took the under in this game. I wouldn't blame you if you did. 
I wanted to see what it got to. Yeah, I'm going to take the under, and I will take the Brahmas minus three. You're a brave man, Jimbo. I'm going to do it. You're a brave, brave soul, Jimbo. You're a brave man, Jimmy. That's... Jimmy, you're a brave guy, dude. They need this to make the playoffs. This is a must-win for the San Antonio Brahmas. I am declaring this a must-win game for San Antonio. Bold, my friend. That is bold. And then they rematch him the next week in Arlington. Run it back. Holy cow. Okay, I'm going to give something for the people. Let's go. I hate all these fucking lines. Let's go. Battlehawks money line. Let me look up the good old book that actually has my own. I'm going to give the people a little XFL gym parlay. Let me see if I can get one for it. Okay, I'm going to go Battlehawks money line. I'm going to go under 35 and a half, over 42 and a half in the Roughnecks Seattle Sea Dragons. And I'm going to go under 42 for Guardians Vipers, plus 1361. I'll go Sea Dragons plus the three and a half, Battlehawks on the money line. Guardians plus seven and a half. San Antonio minus three for plus 1361 as well. Love it. I love dirty. it. That's what we do here, man. We get dirty, Jimbo. These, uh, it's going to be very, very telling seeing how the, the TV numbers and whatnot show up after this week. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see, yeah, what everything looks like, who's, um, what people are watching. Um, I do think these will probably be the most brutal because there's just so many basketball games on. I think as the tournament sort of narrows down and there's less games the on, there's weekends, there's a ton of games. Yeah. Um, they're and they're during the day, which which hurts. Um, well, during the day, like the Saturday and the Saturday and Sunday aspect of it hurts. But I like the XFL. I get it that you you can't you have to put them on sometime. I like the Thursday late night game. I like Thursday at nine thirty. You like you like that, dude? You're you're a proponent. Well, I like it when they're playing in Seattle, so you still get all your West Coast and whatnot. Uh-huh. And I think it makes for a better crowd in Seattle. I think okay. you play for your locals. Um, but I like you're you're not going up against the big brunt of daytime watching of the of March Madness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's gonna be it's gonna be very telling, very interesting, and then again, I'll reiterate, April, late April, like there's a two to three week stretch where you get XFL and USFL overlap. So what are you gonna do? I have a giant streaming setup. Dude, look at you, dude. Have all the games on? Look at you. It's gonna be I think starting the week. You just ODN on XFL. And USFL. I'll, I'll overdose. You just OD in. I will say the XFL probably will get priority because they're going into their postseason and the games matter more at that time. Okay. If anything. Um, but I'm going to try and watch all of them at the same time. I got I to gotta get a six set up. I don't think there's any other news that I care to talk about. I think that'll do it. Eric, where can the people find you? 
at etop21. Um, I had one of the sexiest mofos on social media on my live stream last night. We broke down what to bet on in terms of college basketball, college basketball future. Uh, my boy Reed said that was disrespectful on your part. Um, my podcast comes out on Friday. Going to talk some XFL with Jim, some NASCAR, maybe some fantasy football, probably some basketball betting. Yes. Yep. Yes. You guys know where to find me. You can find me everywhere. Any anytime there's a spring league, you can find me whispering in the woods of that league. I'm at XFL Gym everywhere. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for tuning into the Spring Fever. We'll we'll see you again next week for some more hot, sweaty spring football action. Uh, bye, uh, bye, bye, bye.